la la. Welcome to the Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show podcast. It's open mic night for sketch. Oh my my. Here's the deal. We cold read comedy sketches and then we discuss how they were written and we also do riffs. Here to keep everyone on game, I'm Harrison and our special co-host this week. Keith E. Uh, and I don't do that. Yeah. Keep everyone on game. I mean, I don't do that. Oh, Keith, I think you do that. <laughs> you think so? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, this week's episode, Sketchies, we're going to parachute into a sweet war zone. Then we're going to schedule a meeting about a very natural animated film. And finally, it's a condom and cockwalk. And stick around to the end of the episode because we've got a fun writing prompt for you so you can write along too if you want. Right along with us. Oh, God, that'd be so fun. With us on the podcast today. Brandon S., he, him. Chris Packard, he, him. Jake Compton, he, him. All right, cool, yo. Welcome to Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show. We got special co-host Keith today. Hey. Hey, hey. How you doing? Good. Hey, Keith. How are you feeling about co-hosting? I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, it was an honor to uh, have been asked this morning. That was a delightful surprise. Um, uh, I felt anxious, and I, I didn't know why this morning um, before your text. And then I received it. So you were preemptively anxious, and then you got the text, and you thought, oh, that's why. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that is that right? That's, that's the way you just described like that. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Does that happen to you all the time? You're like, yeah. Are you deeply connected to your own future? Key? <laughs> like I have like anxiety premonitions. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's I'm okay saying. if you do. We're not going to tell anybody. We're not going to yeah. tell the If you say you do, we won't release this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll at very least cut this portion. Out. I'll bleep out the yes or the no so people can guess. Uh, you promise yeah if you say yes or no i'll bleep it out whatever it is so the audience won't know unless they are patrons let's let's be honest here if 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 it was going to happen and it would be released and that would make you anxious you would already know so i think we're fine yeah Yeah. true that's true that's a good point yeah and i yeah i would have mentioned that as well um all right all right y'all welcome to that's cool i'm Glad we got that cleared up. Well, should we get some? Should we get started? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to you introduce Tootsie Roll? Our first sketch. It's Tootsie Roll by Brandon S. Captain Badass to be played by Keithy. Corporal Collins to be played by Chris Packard. Supply Clerk to be played by Jake Compton. And Medic will be played by Harrison Merkt. Exterior Korea, 1950. The Battle of Chosen Reservoir. Day. The U.S. Marine unit is pinned down by the enemy and supplies are running low. Men, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're in a hell of a pickle. The enemy is fast approaching. We're low on ammo and our transportation has been disabled. If we're going to get out of here alive, we need to call in an aerial resupply. Corporal. Yes, sir. Give me your phone. Is it a local call? Can the jokes, Collins. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Better call it in quick, sir. Here they come again. The enemy approaches. Bullets are flying. The fog of war is intensifying. The captain needs to make a call, and he needs to make it fast. Interior. Supply clerk stops at Armed Forces HQ Seoul. Day. The phone rings on the desk of a very green supply clerk. 
401st supply. This is Corporal. Son, I need to cut you off. My men and I are up, but chosen, and we're about to be snuffed out. We need resupply and fast. Yes, sir. What do you need? Uh, hang on. <laughs> the supply clerk hears bullets ringing in the background. Explosions, screams, all the horror of wars coming through his phone. Okay, we need Tootsie Rolls. Five crates. Um, Tootsie, tootsie Rolls? Are you deaf, son? Yes, Tootsie Rolls, five crates. The supply clerk is feverishly writing this down. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. What else? Also, we're desperately low on... Shit, hang on. The supply clerk hears the captain duck and cover. A grenade explodes. Sir? Sir? Are you still there? Yes, they're tearing us apart, goddammit. We need Skittles. You hear me? Skittles. And fast. Skittles? Yes, Skittles. Skittles? Why in the name of George S. Patton do you keep questioning me? Sorry, sir. Skittles. How many crates? Three should do it. We also need pixie sticks. At least one crate. Um, sorry, sir. Pixie sticks? Son of a bitch! You are trying my patience. My men are being shot to hell. Blood and guts everywhere. And they need pixie sticks. Stat! You got that? Um, pixie sticks. Yes, sir. All supplies should be airdropped in 15 minutes. Sir. Confirmed. Badass out. Exterior, chosen reservoir day. The resupply plane arrives overhead and begins to drop the much-needed crates. Captain Badass and his men approach the landed crates, happy to see them. Okay, men, bust out that ammo and grenades and prepare for an offensive. Drive through their center line and then we'll make a run Corporal for Corporal Collins opens the first crate and is shocked and confused. Sir, we've got a problem, sir. What kind of problem? Oh, the kind that would normally worry a dentist. What? The crate, sir. It's full of Tootsie Rolls. What? Tootsie Rolls, sir. No bullets, just candy. The captain can't believe it, and his mind quickly turns to the other crates. Check on the Skittles. Collins opens up the first Skittles crate. Well? Bad news, sir. It's full of Skittles. The grenade kind of Skittles? No, no sir. Bad. Skittles, Skittles. All the colors of the rainbow. Sir, the pixie sticks. Oh, shit. Collins? Collins opens the pixie sticks crate, looks at the captain, shakes his head, and then pulls out a handful of pixie sticks. Not medicine, but more candy. Anybody want to get a sugar high before the enemy turns our asses into hats? You lay the ass hats, Corporal. Gather everybody and start chewing the Tootsie Rolls. The truck's axles are busted, but this shit is so sticky we can use it to band-aid them so we can drive the hell out of here. Start chewing, men. Interior, the supply clerk's office, 10 hours later, night. The Marines roll into camp, bleeding and exhausted, but they're alive. Badass goes right for the supply clerk's office. He walks up to an empty desk, rings the bell. And where's that idiot supply clerk? Hello, sir. How can I help Are you? You're the guy who sent my unit Tootsie Rolls, Skittles, and Pixie Sticks? Yes, sir. I was confused why you needed all that candy in the middle of a battle, but who am I to question a Marine, right? Son. Tootsie Rolls are bullets. Skittles are grenades, and pixie sticks are morphine. The supply clerk looks shocked and responds in an equally shocked voice. They are? Yes! Well, how the hell was I supposed to know that, Captain? What kind of sick mind codenames tools of war after children's candy? Look, Sergeant. The captain is looking for his name on his uniform. Goodbar, sir. Look, Sergeant Goodbar. You better shape up on their near shit, because so help me God, if you ever fuck up a drop shipment like that again, I'll bust your peanutty ass right out of this man's army, and then you'll be Mr. Goodbar. Yeah. Yay. Thank you. 
Well, the game was pretty simple. So this was actually based on something that actually happened. Uh, so it, it was in Korea. It was the Battle of Chosen. And Tootsie Rolls is codenamed for ammo. So these guys were pinned down. They called in a drop shipment. And this supply clerk didn't know that was a code name, and he literally sent them a crate of Tootsie Rolls. Uh, they got out of it. Uh, you know, they they used the Tootsie Rolls to help. Um, but yeah, I like, saw this on like a documentary, and that I was like, my God, that's a sketch. It's like, can you <laughs> yeah. can can you just imagine being in the middle of this like just pure hell, and then you need ammo to get out of this, and this kid just sends you Tootsie Rolls. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah. You did a good job of depicting the seriousness of the situation they were in. I thought the stage directions about like setting your base reality in war, like in a trench, were really clear and definitely gave the actors a lot to work with as far as like what the tone was going to be. I think you could probably do this in one scene. I like how you broke it up. Uh, but if you wanted to, I think you could start the whole thing at like, when they get the crate of actual candy at the reservoir, or I just love the image of like a Marine covered in candy, like globs of Tootsie Rolls and like, you know, glitter sugar and shit, like yeah. walking into a supply clerk's office. Like what the <laughs> fuck, man? Uh, you also had like a thing in that last scene there with the supply clerk of like, what kind of sick mind codenames Tools of War after ch children's candy, which is also like just setting up for a great justification. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would love for Captain Badass to be like, the United States of America does that, <laughs> Sergeant. Like, yes. You think the people back at home want to be hearing about bullets and grenades? No, we need we need nice names. The men are out there. They're dying. We don't need to be saying words that give them anxiety. Uh, and I think there's like, a very funny nugget in that justification too. Yeah. I thought your first unusual thing was local call. When I first read this sketch, I was like, oh, are we going to do a whole thing of like, oh, we just don't have the minutes for the supply call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, which I could see, but I also like, yeah, in the, in the immortal words of Captain Badass, like can the jokes Collins. Uh, I don't think you need that joke. Okay. Um, I, it like distracted me and made me be like, whoa, I kind of want that like not enough minutes sketch. <laughs> um, but I like the candy sketch a lot. I just don't think you need to like, I don't know if you need that diversion. Yeah, I, I know I'm supposed to put the joke on the first page, but I knew I had to set the scene. So really the joke that it was going to be, you know, pulling from was on the second page. So I kind of debated going back and forth between that exposition that I just went with it to kind of explain things. Yeah, and I there was definitely like, is it a local call? Definitely hearkened to like war movies where there's that like one dude who's from Brooklyn more than anyone's ever been from Brooklyn who makes mm -hmm. jokes all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was definitely trying to like base call instead of like Bill Murray and stripes a little bit, just being a smart right. ass. Like, yeah. so I, I at least had one joke on the first page. Something you did that I really liked uh, later on was when captain badass was like, men are being shot to hell out here. Uh, there's, you know, like describing the blood and guts everywhere and they need pixie stick stat. Like, I would love to see that heightened a few times. Like if you did three Captain Badass describing war while being like, that's why I need this candy. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that would be really fun. Um, I thought like what would be helpful because I 
I am dumb. And I was like, oh, he is ordering candy. <laughs> like the whole time. I was like, oh, I wonder how this is gonna affect the battle. And then at the end, I was yeah, that makes way more sense that they're like, but I, I, I just think it points to if you have other like idiots like me watching this, it's like helpful to get the um the audience in on the joke more in the beginning. So that maybe there's like a very quick conversation where two people who know what they are are like mm-hmm discussing it first and then you jump into that and so the whole time you can be like oh he thinks tootsie rolls the candy but really they mean tootsie rolls the bullets that'd be a great setup too i think it yeah i i i I like to sketch a lot i think we could know it's based on a true story at the top could be you know well it's just like a for film i suppose obviously uh like just a based on a true story title card in black and white um before you you know set the korea 1952 or whatever year um kind of makes it you know like all the more amazing that that is a true story and like you might as well tell the audience that before and not after in the immortal words of uh the 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 guy again um can the joke i don't know if i need the mr goodbar joke for me um at the end i think just like i know you're looking for a button but I think um, it could have to do with the the candy or they could have like a little conflict there where he's like, you know, hands him a gun and a handful of Tootsie Rolls and is like, show me what you would do with this shit, you know? Like- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. I, I had trouble trying to figure out the ending to this. Uh, and ultimately I landed on the good bar thing because I thought might as well just pepper in one more candy joke. But like my original idea for an ending was like ending it like uh, just like uh, the badass was like, how the hell did you think this was right? And the corporal or the supply clerk, I mean, goes, it's my first day. And then they, and then like badass starts to laugh and then he starts to laugh and then badass does like a thumbs up and it's like a freeze frame. And then it says like executive producer Donald P. Belisario, which is the guy that <laughs> made like the A-Team and Magnum P.I. Yeah, and all, yeah. those, all those shows in the 80s. Yeah, Jag, you made that. And that was like my original ending, but I'm like, eh, that's not really working. So then I went with the good, good bar. I thing. like that ending. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I could also see like, if it's the, it's my first day joke. I, and the like, Marina's like, great. <laughs> like completely changes. is like, that's great. I could see it being like, uh, a commercial for why to join the army, <laughs> you know, like join the army. Yeah. <laughs> If it's your first day, it's okay. If you mess up guys in a battle, you're fine. It's your first day. We forgive you. It's the army. It's also like just funny how much that does ring true of American war propaganda of like all the candy you can eat over in war. (laughs) (laughs) Just jump in that trench. Right. (laughs) I have no idea how to get here, but I like if the button was that for some reason they actually did need the candy, like maybe the other side's fighting with candy i can't piece it together but (laughs) (laughs) the 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 korean army has like a different brand uh of like candy they're like mars bars or something yeah or like jolly ranchers they get up to the line and start throwing jolly ranchers at the u.s soldiers and the soldiers start throwing tootsie rolls them yeah i could and then they just stop and realize what's happening and laugh a bunch and then hug yeah (laughs) exactly it's christmas we both have a soccer game yeah Yeah. the the sketch just like implodes on itself it's just like a big candy fight 
<laughs> it's pretty dark, but I'd love to see someone just in absolute agony, missing limbs, dying, waiting for that morphine, and then they're just like, well, at least at least give them the pixie stick. At least let them have some sugars. Rip it open and just pour it over the wound. Pixie rolls, sir. No bullets, just candy. Our next sketch, Personification Hazards, written by Jake Compton. We got Wilt to be played by Harrison Mert. Jim to be played by Chris Packard. And Melinda played by Brandon S. Interior conference room. We open with the scene, a conference room framed original character sketches of famous cartoon characters grace the walls. Jim opens the door to the conference room and enters with a huge artist portfolio case over his shoulder. A second man, Wilt, is already waiting in the room. Jim, we're looking to build on the success of your animated feature from last year. End table, a family story? <laughs> of course, you, you know this, but let me tell you, when little Oki finds and returns the lost engagement ring and keeps the family together, <laughs> it really resonated with viewers. Wilt, that's the magic of animation. Just add human characteristics to non-human creatures and objects, and people love it. Of course. But no one does it better than you do. I mean, a coffee table? Uh, I'm more than excited to see what you brought for us today. Okay, well, you know we've had great success in the past with animals. Lions, clownfish, singing lobsters. All classics. Well, our team thought we could take a slightly different take on this, and this time, play out some of the real-life drama from the animal kingdom. Oh, I see where you're going with this. It's wintertime in the wilderness. Wilt opens his portfolio and pulls out a series of five drawings that he changes to follow along with the story. A grizzly bear sleepily stops hibernating and gives birth to two cubs. She looks at the first one. He's big and strong. He's going to be a mighty bear one day. Then she looks at the second bear cub. Something went wrong. Its rear paw is deformed. The mother sees this and knows that Little Bear Cub has little chance of survival. Oh, a deformed bear protagonist? (laughs) Genius. That's not how this story goes. You see, the mother knows that food is going to be scarce when she gets out of hibernation. So she kills and eats the second bear cub. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you just say she kills and eats her cub? Yeah, with the paw that's not going to survive anyway. So to keep her strength up so she can care for the strong cub, she eats it. Uh, I don't know, Jim. That seems intense. This is real life. This is nature. The children will learn about nature. Jim, this is brutal. I'm sorry, but there's no way we can have a mother eating her child. <laughs> it's not a child. It's a bear cub. <laughs> the children can relate to end table, for Christ's sake. They're going to relate to this bear cub. You know, you're going to pass on the bear. That's fine. Let's not get hung up on that. I have other ideas. <laughs> okay. You're the best. This one features a mouse. Reveals a new set of posters. Mice. Kids love Mickey. Chucky. The Rescuers. Fievel. They're veritable goldmine. We start with a mouse couple. Very in love. Snuggling in their nest. Obviously, the female is pregnant. Love it. The male gets up and puts on his coat. Oh, he's going to work for his family. Sort (laughs) of. He leaves the nest. Begins walking around, searching for something desperately. That's when he sees a small nest of mice pups. Upon seeing them, he immediately goes to work killing them to ensure his family's survival. Jim, you can't, you, 
You can't be serious. Of course I am. What would the moral of this story be? I guess that it's a rough world out there. And if you want to be young, to be successful, you have to be willing to do anything. All right. That's not really the kind of lessons we teach. Remember in The Lion King when the lion inexplicably hangs out with a warthog and a meerkat? That's the kind of things that we do here. Wilt! Cartoons shield children from reality. I'm trying to teach them something useful. The true circle of life. Don't you taint that phrase applying it to infanticide. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Fine. I have one more idea. You're going to like it. I hope so. A pod of bottlenose dolphins swims through the ocean. (sighs) A mother swims with her young. Her young is nursing the mother, teaches him the ways of the ocean. Uh, Something bad is about to happen, isn't it? Bad? Bad? This is nature, Wilts. This is how we're here. Just finish the pitch. A male dolphin comes along. He knows that while the female is nursing, that young dolphin, she won't be able to have another baby for two years. A lot can happen in two years, and he's ready to mate now. So he rams his head into the young dolphin, killing it, then mates with her. Oh, come on now. What? She wasn't even pregnant in that one. With a mother, after losing her child, just falls in love with a male that killed her child? Love? Love? These are dolphins, Will, not people. Look at that picture of that dolphin. That looks like a human face. In fact, it looks like your face. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Now that I'm looking at... This more, the woman dolphin looks like my wife. It's not a woman dolphin. It's just a dolphin. Look, if you don't want my designs, I can take them to dream feats. Jim's wife, Melinda, enters the conference room with a bag of takeout in one hand and a baby carrier in the other. The baby is wearing a little oaky onesie. Hey, honey, I was running early, so I thought I'd stop by and say hi to our favorite animator. Hello, Jim. As Melinda goes in for a hug, Wilt gets between them and snatches the baby, holding the carrier behind him. He bares his teeth and snarls at Jim. Back! Jim gets knocked onto the ground. Over the easel, the drawings land face down. You! Animal! Take take your drawings and go! No, Wilt, I think you should go. But the baby. He's not safe. Just go. Or do I need to call the police? You don't need a scandal. Get yourself together. I'll see you at home. Jim. Would you like to have lunch with me? As Wilt leaves, Jim <laughs> begins to pick up his drawings, put them back in the bag. He pulls out one final drawing out of the bag. Wilt looks back at his family one last time through the glass walls of the conference room. He can see Jim holding the drawing. In the drawing, the female dolphin and the male who killed her child enjoying food from takeout containers look exactly like the takeout containers Wilt's wife is unpacking onto the table behind Jim. I think I gotta say Tyler Yannick helped me with this a little bit. I, 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 uh, I forgot to say that at the top, so my bad, Tyler. I, I'm trying to remember. There's exactly one line that I remembered. I'm like, oh, yeah, Tyler did that. I think that it's not even – she's not even pregnant in this one was the, was a Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, basically, I kind of hate cartoons. I have um, four kids. The oldest is uh, 14 now, so I've been in this parenting game for a long time, especially Toy Story. Um, I don't know why. Just the personification thing gets me a little bit. So it's kind of a pet peeve mm. sketch, you know, classic, like, yeah, what is it that annoys me about that? And how can I, you know, make fun of it for three minutes? You can always tell a pet peeve sketch by how good the points made in the sketch are. 
I like where you take this with the justification of like its nature. I could see that growing into the meeting in other ways too, if you like wanted that to happen. I like what you did with the wife. I thought that was like a really good blow having the wife come in and uh, in this very like alpha male on male like nature way, having Jim be like, yeah, I'm hooking up with your wife. Yeah. And it's implied he's going to kill the baby a little right. bit. But, <laughs> right. Um, it's it's we, sort of implied he's going to kill his child. Uh, yeah. And I like that. And I like I would be cool to see other ways that like in the meeting, like even if it was just like in the blocking, like if they were standing up and sort of like circling mm-hmm. each other at a certain point or even right. like if he ended up taking a piss on his desk. Yeah. Or, you know, like if it, you know, I could see it seeping into the meeting is really what I'm saying. I think you get to a point here where like, I know you can feel that like the audience knows what's coming because you had Wilt be like something bad is going to happen. And I like what you say off that, like, it's not bad, it's nature because that like, that gives us like Jim's thing a little bit more. I think if you get into the meeting and out of the pitch, you can get ahead of the audience even more than having Wilt be like, it's going to be bad. I can see it. I can tell. And I think that leans into the blow more too of him being like, it's your wife. The Dolphin's your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I I didn't have an ending for it for months and then I don't know what I was doing I was just like in the middle of doing some day-to-day like random life stuff and I was like oh I think the ending looks like hit me like (laughs) as I was like doing dishes or I don't even know what so so you had this like little thing at the beginning with the like lost engagement ring with little Oki if Jim uh, says something like yeah like my wife lost her engagement ring like Right as you were writing that part or like, what you know, just like an innocuous thing you could put at the top to be like little Oki somehow came yeah, great from setup. Uh, this too. I just imagine the visuals of like seeing the big picture and then being able to like zoom in on the, the final <laughs> drawing he's holding at the end. Yeah. It's just so funny to me. Yeah. Visually, it's super funny because like there's also something inherently funny about like rough animation drawings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. They're always a little bit doofy. Maybe when he's like showing the drawings, the rough drawings of the characters, maybe like the male character kind of has uh, Wilt's like face and he's like, that kind of looks like me. And then uh, Jim's like, no, it doesn't. Don't be crazy. And that would kind of like back up the whole ring thing. Like my wife lost her ring. Like he starts to see these little cues that it's like, this is kind of imitating me and my life a little bit. Like what's going on? That den of mice pups looks just like my son. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, One thing I just thought of, too, was maybe uh, Jim's, like, pitches at the beginning of the pitch could be a little bit more cartoonish. Like, add in some, like, Pixar, dumb Pixar stuff, dumb Disney stuff, like, and the bear talks, and there's, like, you know, birds chirping and butterflies flying around. uh, And then Uh. when it switches to like and then i eat my young there's like more of a juxtaposition there from the beginning and wilt will be even more on board in the first half because he's like oh yeah this is how we've succeeded before (laughs) oh a deformed bear protagonist genius our third and final sketch for the show is called Ketchup, written by Harrison Mert. For the role of Pete, uh, we have Jake Tulula, will be played by Chris Packard. And Sid, will be played by Keithy. Interior restaurant day. It's brunch, bitches. There's flatbread riddled with arugula all over, so you know it's fucking brunch. Pete, he, him, and Tulula, they, he, sit in a trendy table. The high chair just collapsed under all the weight. Boom. What? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Such a big baby. Sid, she, her brings food and puts it down. It's egg stuff. Thank you. Anything else I can get you? Thank you. He looks around at the table a little bit. I think we're good, thanks. Sid leaves, Pete grabs the ketchup and puts it on his plate. Ketchup? Pete reaches his arm out with the ketchup. No, thanks. He puts the ketchup down and they both eat for a bit. Wouldn't usually eat ketchup. Oh. Uh, what? Like, it's just all they have and this omelet doesn't have any cheese because I'm dairy-free, so super dry. But I wouldn't usually eat ketchup. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. Munching time. Pete avoids the ketchup on his plate. Oh, speaking of huge babies, did you listen to the first episode of Joel's podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to tabletop time. I'm sad. (laughs) They laugh. Pete dunks a fork full of omelet in ketchup, eats it, and coughs a bunch. (laughs) Oh, I forgot how gross this is. Ketchup is pure ass. Oh, no, it's that bad. I mean, I should have known all ketchup is ass. I forgot. Yeah, I mean, don't eat it. It's fine. Yeah, I usually don't either. I just forgot. (laughs) Whoops. I'm a doof. Yeah. uh, Whoops. Pete takes another ketchup bite and coughs and gags a bunch. Oh, gross. Shit, I forgot again. Delulu just looks at Pete. Pete kind of panics. Welcome to Tabletop. I'm Joel Ricca, and I love ketchup. <laughs> Tolugo laughs a little bit. Pete smiles a bunch. How's your tacos? Oh, they are so good. You want a bite? Yeah. Yes, please. Pete takes a bite and masticates in a performative way. Mmm. Mmm, so good. Mmm. Sid enters as Pete hands the taco back. How's everything tasting? Great, thank you. Oh, great. Can I, I get a new plate? Tulula rolls their eyes. Sid looks concerned. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so sorry. Is something wrong with it? Oh, no. It was fine. But then I forgot how much I don't like ketchup. And I accidentally put ketchup on my plate and ate some. And now I just like ugh, ugh, gagging when I smell it. I wouldn't usually eat it. I, ju- I just forgot. Oh, okay. So just put it on a plate with no ketchup. Yes, please. I- I'm-, I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. Sid grabs the plate and leaves. Sorry about that. I just couldn't with that ketchup anymore. Yeah. Wow. Uh, sorry. Do you want me to put the ketchup bottle on a different table? No. Tallulah stops cold, puts the ketchup down, and takes a beat. Pete, do you like ketchup? Yeah. Gross. No. I wouldn't I... have cared. Most people do like ketchup, but now you've made this big show of gagging and getting a new plate. No, Tallulah. I don't like it at all. You saw it made me gag. I just forgot that it's pure ass. Then let me put the ketchup on the other table. That table already has ketchup. Wow. Uh, the state was going really well. I, I think I think I'm going to. Tallulah takes a 20 out of the verse. This should more than cover my taco. No, Tallulah. Okay. Put the ketchup on the other table. Fine. I don't care. I, I was just thinking of the staff here, being nice to them. Tallulah puts the ketchup on the other table, puts the 20 back in their purse, and sits back down. Sid comes back with a new plate. Here's a new plate. Anything else I can get you all? No, thanks. Tallulah and Pete sit there and eat. Tallulah watches Pete take a few dry bites and eat them. He clearly doesn't like it dry, but he's pretending to. Mmm. 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 Okay. I believe you. Sorry. I'm glad you like it. Pete pretends... To like another bite. Mm, much better now. I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. He gets up and gets out of sight of Tallulah. He grabs a ketchup bottle from a table and dumps a bunch in his hand. 
He starts to go back to the table and realizes it hasn't been long enough for a bathroom break. Sid approaches. You piece of shit. I knew it. Don't tell. You had me get you a new plate because you put ketchup on it because you forgot you didn't like it. And now I catch you over here squirting ketchup in your hands. I know. I'm sorry. I'm stuck now. Do you have any idea what that conversation was like in the kitchen? They hated it in there. I'm sorry. Please don't tell my date. They didn't use ketchup and then they said they didn't like it. You got to make a speech about how good a server I am. Loud enough the, so the kitchen hears. That is so loud. I guess I'll go tell your date that uh, you... Okay, okay. I'll make a speech. Just don't say shit about that ketchup. Sid walks away. Pete walks back to his table, hiding the ketchup in his hand. Pete sits down across from Tulula. Cool bathrooms. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. <laughs> Still enjoying your tacos? They're perfect, thanks. Pete smiles right at Tallulah, takes a fork full of omelet and dips it in his hand, then brings both hands up to his mouth. Mm, so much better without ketchup. Sid approaches the table. I just wanted to come over and drop off some extra napkins in case you needed them. Sid drops the napkins down and looks at Pete. Thank you. Sid just stands there and looks at Pete for a long time. Pete takes another piece of omelet and eats it the same way and then takes the hint. Oh, wow. Extra napkins? That's so thoughtful. Thank you. Pete stands up, tries to pick up his water glass with his ketchup hand, then just clanks a fork against it. <laughs> Excuse me, everyone. I'd just like to say what a great server. Sid? Uh, Sid is. Wow. Never have I ever experienced such. The kitchen. Never have I ever experienced such accommodation from a server. Wow. New plate? No problem. Extra napkins? Didn't even ask. Oh my God, Pete. Sorry, babe. I was just overwhelmed with the service. No, Pete, you're bleeding. Pete realizes ketchup is oozing from his hand. Ah, oh fuck, I'm bleeding. Oh no, the hospital. <laughs> Pete starts to get his coat off the back of the chair. That's not a whole speech. Pete stands frozen. Tallulah's confused. Ah, shit. Wow. She's so willing to help me with my cut. Sid grabs napkins and rubs them on Pete's ketchup hand. Thank you. You are the best server. My life has changed. Pete fake collapses into the chair, catching himself a bunch as he falls. Oh no, I'm passing out from the blood loss. Thank you for your help. Sid grabs the jacket and wipes as much ketchup off Pete's hands as she can. Pete brightens. Wow, all this help and... Work with the napkin has really healed my wound. Thank you, Sid. Tulula gets up to help Pete. They go grab his arm and he pulls it away. Pete, was that ketchup you poured in your hand at another table when you said you were going to the bathroom and not a cut? Pete. No. Real cut, see? Pete goes to show them the cut then sucks in air and recoils. Ow. It just hurt too much to show. Jesus. Tulula puts their finger on the jacket ketchup and tastes it. You piece of shit. <laughs> You just lost $20 and your date. Tallulah leaves. Pete looks at Sid. You want to come see Mark Cuban talk this afternoon with me? Long pause. Yeah. I quit. They make out at the table. Sid grabs a ketchup bottle and pours it into Pete's mouth as we black it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What a ride. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I was like at brunch with my family the other day and was like, oh, 
Eating ketchup at a restaurant is embarrassing because it's like not a cool condiment. It's not an aioli or anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then I was just sort of like, yeah, it'd be funny if someone was just super embarrassed to use ketchup after someone like didn't use ketchup. I don't know. I feel like I felt pings of that before where I've like used ketchup and been like, wait, this person doesn't isn't into ketchup. Fuck. So then I just like started writing this and I was like, you know what? I do kind of want this to be an opus. Like, let's just fucking go to town. Make it too long. <laughs> I, w- I had, like, considered starting it at the moment where Pete's, like, pouring ketchup in his hand, just losing all the context before that and just watching it, like, play out after that moment, which I'm still considering. But, yeah, I, ultimately, I was sort of like, I don't know. I think all the context at the beginning is, like, helpful because it gets pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, it has a nice build to it. I think the beginning does help in that way. And then you you earn with time that like crazy freak out at the end too. And I think it'll go faster than you're thinking as well. I mean, it it takes a while to read all the stage directions and and things like that. On the other hand, uh, (laughs) starting a scene with someone pouring ketchup in their hand or uh, starting a sketch. That's that's very bold. Uh, I would love that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I, I also, that's the reason I want to start there is because I think it'd be just like very eye catching and like, wait, what the fuck's going on? They're pouring ketchup in their hand. Yeah, uh, that, would, that would like be a reflex laugh for me. Uh, this is going to be good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm torn. So this, <laughs> <laughs> you could do both. I'm do I listen say. to Chris? Do I listen to Keith? <laughs> oh, no. Go Brandon with your G- heart, Harris. <laughs> Whatever yeah. your heart says. Yeah. My heart says nine pages is the right amount for ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> ketchup works too, as in I like. I feel like I've met so many people who have such strong feelings about ketchup. Just yeah, one um, way or the other. Just the I forgot thing is kind of funny. I would. I, I think you could also use some other bullshit reasons why they were why they did ketchup. Like yeah. I was eating it ironically. You know, like you know, like on the way here we listened to. Uh, uh, we built this city on rock and roll. I know that's not a good song, and I know ketchup tastes horrible. But right? I just yeah. thought it was as a joke. Kind of ironic to put a little ketchup on, but now that it's on here, it's so gross that I need a new plate. Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to be funny on my date, and I accidentally put too much ketchup. <laughs> yeah, I'll back that. I'll back that up, Jake. I like that. Like he's trying to build points with her, so he's trying to like do all these jokes that just keep being misfires. And that could even be like something you build on a little bit. Like, I mean, I'm going to keep it with ketchup, but maybe he does something else and it's just not working with this girl. But then he, he's like, you know, I need the ketchup for my food. So I got to go do this thing. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we could have other bullshit reasons to it. I thought it was sriracha at first when I poured it on there. Uh, but Wait, no. but you said you said ketchup and held it towards me. I was joking. <laughs> when you look at yeah. me like that, it's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Have his tower of ketchup lies start crumbling, and he's just yeah. inserting more and more. Yeah. So this also, like, I think in a way, is a little bit a response I have to the second season of "I Think You Should Leave" coming out. Uh, There's, I felt absolutely. a lot of shared DNA with yeah. like. Yeah, a few, I think you should leave sketches for sure. Yeah, but the, just the rampant justification of uh, avoiding yeah. embarrassment. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. unfortunately become such a huge part of my voice now as a, like a, <laughs> every sketch I do is like avoiding embarrassment in some way. Uh, it's, 
It's the thing that like grabs my attention most now. Uh, and it feels like at a certain point, it's just like, that's when I see someone get embarrassed, I write a note about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Damn. I'm so doing that. Jesus, uh, just start following me around, Harrison. All I do is avoid embarrassment. That's just my life. <laughs> when I offered you the ketchup, I was checking to see if you wanted it. And if you did, I was going to end the date myself. But then while it was in my hand, I absentmindedly poured a little on my omelet. And now I can't even have it on. And I can't be in the same room as this plate. <laughs> it was a test for you to see if you would take it. Yeah, I like that. Had you That's taken solid. the ketchup, I would fucking walk out of this place right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll make speech. Just don't say shit about that ketchup. All about, oh, what's this? Oh, uh, oh, a uh, ticket for, uh, for me to board this train. Oh, well, how about that, everyone? Wow. <laughs> wow, how about that? How about yes. Not every day you see the conductor getting on his own train. Yeah, <laughs> well, what a wonderful surprise. Uh, well, I, I may as well uh, read this riff then. Uh, now that I've gone through all this hullabaloo, yeah, dear me. <laughs> so um, it's not super fleshed out, uh, but um, one of the suggestions for writing a sketch was vacation. Um, yeah. And I thought it would be cool um, to, I've I've just been thinking about like medieval stuff lately to have a dragon just be on vacation, um, like in the middle of its lair, you know, the night goes into the dragon's lair, the horde, and it's there and everything. It's all built up. And dragon's like, ah, I'm not going to fight you. I'm on vacation. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, you're, but, you're, but you're in your horde. Isn't this where you live? That's not vacation. <laughs> oh, you mortals. Uh, what is that called? Staycation? That's what I'm doing, a staycation. So you're on a staycation? That's correct. What is the dragon vacationing? Just being a dragon is his job. <laughs> He's vacationing from that? Is that correct? <laughs> Right, I guess from a dragon's point of view, like being like your the job is going out and plundering <laughs> and taking it, stuff for the horde. Torching villages to the ground, yeah. The stuff that you like to do is like sleeping on the gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I imagined a little, uh, or I guess a, a massive like kitchenette inside this cave. <laughs> uh, I, I want the dragon to be in a big Hawaiian shirt. For sure. That's, that's the one thing yeah. I know about this sketch. And a big cocktail with a yes. fruit in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be sick. And uh, being like, I heard there's a comedy show tonight. <laughs> Look, for 50 weeks of the year, I will fight you. I will kill you and roast you and eat you and steal your armor and add it to the wall. But for two weeks a year, I just got to just be me. Without the expectation, what is a dragon? <laughs> I've got That's a great. big princess stealing coming up, and I just need to relax yeah, a little before. Chill out. A oh, drunk geez. dragon at a Burger King drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> These burgers are made of king, right? That's all I eat. No, I I want the dragon to be in a big Hawaiian shirt. All aboard. Uh, ticket, please, sir. Oh, here's my ticket. 
Wonderful. Uh, Mr. Chris P. Oh. That's me. Uh, from... Uh, let me uh, get on this train. Philadelphia Station. Yeah, the one station in Philadelphia I came from. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. I accept. Let's see what you got, bucko. Well, I, big pet peeve of mine is people who just like are always kind of being like, yeah, I, I do this because I'm kind of weird. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm kind of just like a little off, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, just anytime someone says that, I honestly think to myself, like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be friends with this person. <laughs> wow. I, I just don't think... I, I don't know why it bothers me so much. It's just, we're all weird and we all do weird stuff and <laughs> you're not proving anything Deal. to me like, you start off I, with someone saying i'm weird i do this thing and you're just like i can't be friends with you anymore yeah. <laughs> maybe they're at a party and they like do some like quirky confession and it gets a big like a big response from everyone like they're like oh yeah oh i do that too. oh that's so interesting so then they're like trying to think of other quirks that they don't have yeah. 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 Oh, you know what else is weird about me, guys? Um, um, I I call my mom every Sunday. Once a week, we talk on the phone for like an hour. <laughs> so quirky and weird. Mom, I right. bought a water bottle for next to my bed. It's not a glass. It's a water bottle. <laughs> Super weird. I don't it's know. A bottle. <laughs> it's like it's like one you would use for sports. But I'm not running. I'm just sitting in my. Bed. Don't you all at the party think that it's weird that? We all have these things about ourselves that are weird. Like maybe it's society that's weird. I don't know. Just a random thought. I'm kind of fucking weird. You kind of weird. That's real weird. <laughs> I definitely feel like it ends with a, a weird speech from, like an actually weird speech from, the, like yeah. the weird person. Okay, fine. I'm not as weird as I'm saying, but right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But look, everybody's got their thing. Donald's yeah. got two fish, and he talks about it all the time. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Brenda, she look at that hairstyle. Yeah. Like, that's, who does that for you? You brought that moleskin to this party, and you haven't written a single thing. You're just carrying a moleskin around. <laughs> well, I don't have fish, and I don't have a moleskin. But I want to have some attention, too. Is that so bad? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a big pratfall after his speech and he gets a big laugh again. And he's like, <laughs> and oh, he it worked. Just like smiles. <laughs> yeah. oh. I'm clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He switches the thing entirely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoopsie. <laughs> I think that's a good riff. Sketchies, this is the part, uh, it's a new part this season. Welcome to Assignment Station, which is a place the Rift train stops off at now. Your assignment for this week is a building sketch. You can think of it as building something together. You could think of it as a building, building a company or a project, or you could think of the structure of the sketch as different kinds of buildings, like a pyramid or like a tower. So buildings, that's the assignment for this week. All right, now we're on to writer's plugs. Brandon, you got anything you want to plug? I'll plug hair plugs, give them a shot. They work from what I hear. I don't Ooh. need them. I got a full head. But hair in any plugs. case, hair plugs, give them a shot. 
Try them out. Tell us how it goes. Email us. Tell us how your hair plugs are. Hashtag hair plugs. Give them a shot. Let's get it trending, (laughs) y'all. Keith, you got anything you want to plug? Well, uh, I just uh, taught a workshop, um, an improv workshop online with Bird City Improv. Uh, Yeah, run by solely by a friend of mine, uh, Tavish Forsyth. He teaches online classes in improv and sketch, too. Um, you can check out his website at birdcityimprov.com. Oh, hell yes, Sketchies, friends. Thank you to all the participants for this, uh, for the show. Um, and also to the Jeff Powers for creating the music that you just heard. And also, of course, you, the listeners. The sketches. If you'd like to support the show, besides just listening or check out more that we've got to offer, head on over to sketchysketchsketch.com. And while you're there, check out the support tab, click on Patreon, and check out our Patreon. It's got everything you need to be the ultimate fan of this podcast, which everybody should want to be. The ultimate fan. You've heard of the ultimate warrior, but then you can also be this. And also, uh... <laughs> And also, and also if, if you're like, wait, I'm a, I'm a funny person. I want to write sketches on this podcast, too. I want to be on this podcast. Do it. Write a sketch. Send it to sketchysketchpod at gmail.com. We'll get you on the show. You will be here and we will have bells on. And also reach out to us if one of the sketches you heard really impacted you in your heart. Or if you want to give some love to the writer. Again, sketchysketchsketch.com. There's a place to do that. And if you like what you heard today, as always, tell your friends, give us five stars, hit us up on socials, subscribe on what you're listening on. Thank you so much for being a fan. Do all that. And that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. Thank you. We love you. We love you to death. Not in like a weird way, though. It's not you're not going to die and we're not going to die, but it's like to until death. That's that's what we mean by that. I mean, I meant until they die. I'm going to love you until you die. <laughs> That's what Keith means. I mean the other thing. Sketchy. The thing about... The, mine's more like a longevity thing. Keith's is more like a depth thing. Sketchy, will you, will you want to die with me? In my arms. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sketchy's, if you want to die with Keith in his arms, hit us up on sketchysketchsketch.com. Uh, you know, let Keith know about that. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I'll be All right, here. bye, Sketchy's. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Ya. Thank you very much.